1: It's actually Enterprise Fleet Summit, everyone. Um, this is Alan Adler, the Midwest Bureau Chief for Waves. I'm here with Sam Ahrens, who is the Vice President of Business Development at Gage Zero. Sam uh, has a career, really, that spans clean energy, technology, and transportation. Um, before this current position, which he'd been in about seven months or so, um, he briefly led the Terawatt EV's charging uh, efforts, um, and uh, that's another company that, quite honestly, is probably a competitor today. Um, also was director of sustainability at Lyft, where he led the ride-sharing uh, company to uh, to commit to 100% electric vehicles um, by 2030. And prior to that, he spent 10 years at Google, um, where he mapped Google's carbon footprint and led the program that helped negotiate uh, renewable energy purchases for uh, Google's achievement of 100% renewable energy by 2017. Sam, that's quite a. a, a quite an accomplishment list so far. I didn't even get an education. I'm not going to do that. But uh, you were, you know, magna cum laude. Anyway, welcome to Freight
0: Waves and welcome to the Enterprise uh, Fleet Summit. Thank you. It's great to be here and uh, I'm excited to join the summit today.
1: Yeah, well, we don't have a ton of time, but I think your your area that you're working in now, and especially as truly a startup and in a space that, you know, is growing very quickly. Um uh, that is servicing uh, the needs uh, that, that most fleets are pretty much uh, keen to now that they need in terms of electrification and the transition to electrification, although very few of them have, you know, big big operations dedicated to this. So that's obviously opens some opportunity for you. But, you know, just in this area, you know, the competition uh, for end-to-end uh, truck charging as a service, and you can, I guess, put any any word you want in front of as a service here, but, uh, you know, I guess the question I'd have to ask it out front is how uh, Gauge Zero will distinguish itself in working with fleet customers.
0: Yes, it's a great question. So uh, just to give a brief introduction, Gauge Zero is a developer and operator of large-scale um, charging depots for fleets or fleets of trucks. We also provide vehicle leasing and financing as well. So a complete turnkey solution um, focused in the numerous states around the country, the um, And the way that we're distinguishing ourselves, I think, is through several uh, means. So first and foremost, um, we have a commitment to $300 million of capital with our financial partner. Um, That's not, uh, importantly, I think, venture money. So it's a little bit more cost effective than what um, might otherwise be available. So that helps us keep our costs low. Um, We are women-founded and women-led, and um, we are importantly, can get sites up and running quickly. Um, I know that, well, we'll probably get into this bit later, but, you know, utility timelines can be very likely. Um, we have ways to speed that up um, in certain cases to get you and your fleet uh, electrifying quickly and cost-effective.
1: Now, you've worked, uh, as I mentioned briefly, at, at Terawatt, which is a direct competitor. You had a, They have a bit of a head start, I guess, in acquiring land and building on the charging network. But but Gauge Zero, you're focusing on dredge, um, which is an area that, of course, is an early adopter uh, because of regulations, especially in California. I'm not sure about the East Coast and some of the other ports, but the big ports, LA and Long Beach are, you know, uh, a- a- absolutely all in on this. Um, th- there's also some competitors there like YDD and Ford Mobility. Are you counting on this addressable total market being big enough for multiple competitors?
0: Yeah, I think it's important to kind of take a step back and just think about how big this problem is um, that we're all trying to solve. And if you look at some reports by folks like PwC or McKinsey, I mean, the, the rough number people are talking about is like $100 billion of investment in charging infrastructure that's needed over the next 10 to 20 years. Uh, and that's, you know, at least that amount. So, you know, if, if you just count up the amount of dollars committed to folks like us and, and the other people on the market. Um, we're well short of $100 billion. Maybe it's a few billion dollars so far. So I think there's ample room for all of us um, to be doing this. And, you know, quite frankly, I think in a way, you know, the more the area, we're all kind of cheering ourselves on. I think competition is healthy. Um, you know, we're, we're all kind of, you know, doing our best and, and making each other do more, you know, go faster and better and stronger than we would otherwise. Um, so, you know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But um, I think we're well poised to take a, a pretty good chunk of this market and, and build it out quickly and help hopefully electrify as needed to reduce the pollution um, that we're all trying to eliminate.
1: Yeah, and, you know, your own CEO said that, you know, I think told the Wall Street Journal that, um, you know, less than 1% of this build-out for, for truck charging is actually, you know, done. And I, I was kind of surprised by that low number because we hear about new things like, uh, you know, what Snyder put in in El Monte and, uh, you know, the, the the charging for, you know, 32 trucks at a time. And you've got the NFI project, uh, you know, in Ontario that's coming and things like that. So it's like, oh, gosh, it seems like we're doing fine, but maybe not. Maybe we're not doing so fine. Um, so let me let me ask you, uh, you know, those are both heavily incentivized uh, projects, the ones that I just mentioned. Um, how important are the incentives, uh, you know, for both electric trucks and infrastructure? Um, and how long will they be part of the picture?
0: Well, you know, when I think about this question, I think about TCO, which, of course, stands for Total Cost of Ownership. And that's the metric that we really think is the right thing to be thinking about, you know, for an operator. Am I going to be ultimately paying less for this solution or am I going to be paying more? Right. That's the important question. Um, we've done some private research uh, internally with a firm that we uh, contracted with to, uh, to look at this question. And we found that actually in California right now, which is, of course, the state that has the most generous incentives available uh, and the most numerous incentives available, that um, the TCO uh, ranges from uh, something like 15 to 20 percent better for electric trucks already today, and that will only improve over time as we as you know more models become available as costs come down, both for the upfront cost of the vehicle but also the maintenance costs um, of electric vehicles um, so that's exciting and I think speaks volumes to you know where this industry is going um, if anything, we need to sprint uh, just to keep up with um, where the market needs to get to and it's it's encouraging to see you know some of these projects you mentioned that are already getting built out and, and a lot of those are in california and I 'll just say we of course are in California like everyone else, but we're also making a point to be developing projects in other states like Texas Colorado uh, Washington state New York and new jersey I'm um, just to name you know a couple that we're starting with, but we need to do this everywhere and um, even in a state like Texas, for example, which doesn't have, you know, nearly as many ins- incentives as California does, um, we are seeing that, you know, today the TCO is roughly even with a diesel truck, but over the next, you know, 10 years, that's going to really come down quite dramatically. And so the time to get started is now because we have to build the charging infrastructure that will allow fleets to adopt this because the fleets not going to adopt EVs if they don't have the charges. Right,
1: right, absolutely. And I, I want to clarify, though, I want to make sure that I understand when you talk about parity or TCO parity, um, are you speaking, I, and I've seen, you know, at medium duty, you know, class four, class five, you know, that that sort of truck is probably on par a, at this point. But when we get up to, you know, class eight, um, that's a, a, a big lift in terms of purchasing a vehicle. And one of the things that you all have talked about is uh, leasing trucks and then I presume making them available, kind of a truck as a service activity. Um, maybe you can explain kind of what you're thinking is there and, Uh, you know, how you're treating these assets, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good point, right? I mean, TCO is one thing and upfront cost is another thing, right? And they're obviously related to each other, but they're not the same thing. And even if TCO is going to be more cost effective for you over the lifetime of that vehicle, whether it's 10 years or whatever the number is, what also really matters is how much do you have to pay for it up front? And that can be a barrier for fleet adoption of electric trucks, because as you say, you know, the price can come in at 2x, 3x the cost of a diesel truck today. Um, so how do we deal with that? It's sort of a conundrum, right? Because you can kind of, you can see the other side of the rainbow, but how do you get there? Well, that's what we're offering. Um, we provide sort of a full turnkey set of solutions, which include the charging site, the charging infrastructure, the energy management, the incentive and grant management, right? All these complexities all these challenges that frankly fleets just don't want to deal with and, and, and they don't have to and they shouldn't and that's why that's why we're here and part of that is offer our vehicles for lease or offer our vehicle financing so that you don't have to go out and spend you know your harder capital which frankly you need for other things like the vehicles uh, like, like your warehouses like your you know all, all the other things that you need to be doing with that capital um so we can kind of take that out of the equation for you and just provide that and then with our um innovating innovative pricing plans um like pay as you go you know per mile perhaps um we can do rollovers of like kind of like a cell phone plan right you have a certain number of minutes you roll it over next month you not use it so we have some kind of innovative ways uh to help uh you grow your fleet uh, electrification flexibly and without upfront costs so that you can just focus on what you're doing with your business and kind of leave the headaches to us
1: right well and i think the end-to-end thing you know either and you already answered the next question I have, which was, you know, how, how do you collect for this? You know, you, people are going to have to pay you either monthly or something, you know, kind of a, a, a fee, um, you know, for service, I, I guess. And, uh, you know, I, I'll switch then over to this idea of where your expertise comes from. Um, you guys know the real estate business, you know, the development, especially around, uh, you know, data centers and things like that. Um, how comparable and how, uh, you know, familiar does that make this work that you're doing now in terms of finding sites that perhaps already have a good amount of power coming to them, things like that.
0: Yeah, that's the challenge. And, um, you know, basically, kind of as I suggest, you need to find the perfect nexus of uh, a good location uh, from a kind of trucking route perspective. You don't want to be miles and miles away from the the interstate exit. It's got to be close. It's got to be convenient. You don't want to to go too far out of your way. You also need to find a place that has a pretty decent amount of power that's available now, and a clear path towards a much larger amount of power available. You know, a couple of years down the road, as this industry grows, right, and more and more fleets electrify, that site has to be able to expand and accommodate even more trucks. Um, all of that also has to be in, in a location where there are a lot of fleets um, that are doing business there. So, if you found a great site, you know, in the middle of the desert somewhere, great, but no one, no one's there, right? Can't use it. So, you need to have lots of fleets that are right around, and then you have to layer on top of that. Um, the utility uh, uh, rate structure, right? what, what's the price of electricity, how does it vary during the day, is there a good solar resource, um, because we typically think about doing solar and battery storage to help make the, the electricity cost more cost uh, more effective for customers. So there's all this whole host of factors you've got to consider, um, and that's where our expertise really lies, because we're a group of folks who uh, mostly come from the solar uh, and wind world. We've been doing development of really big scale energy infrastructure projects um, over ten billion dollars worth of projects actually in our kind of prior lives, Um, and so we know how to do this. We know how to talk to utilities. We know how to find the land. We know how to permit it. We know how to construct it, and and then most importantly for our fleet customers, we know how to operate it at high reliability because we're used to doing that, and that's super important because what we want to do is have minimal disruption to your operations, right? Like you need to just do your business as you've been doing it not Have to change, you know, almost anything at all. Ideally, but to do that, you need infrastructure that's reliable, that has a high uptime. Um, and that's what we
1: you um, You've suggested that perhaps you know how to sort of uh, cut down. I, I joked with you yesterday about this that you can cut down the sort of the utility uh wait time. And I said, Oh, I guess that means you just bring your own switch gear or something like that. But uh, but how would you address that? Because I mean, we do have projects, and I my favorite quote of all is uh, Rikisha Nia from Daimler Truck. And he says, You know, I can get you an eCascadia in five months, but if you need a transformer, uh, that's five years. And, uh, you know, do you have a way to sort of shorten up that that utility? Uh, I'll call it trench time for back of the, lack of a better term.
0: Yeah. So I think there's a couple aspects here. So <clears throat> part of it is the relationships that we have with utilities and infrastructure providers already from our past lives that we bring to the table here. So we, know who to talk to. We know how to get the right warranties. We know how to get, you know, into the queues and get our, um, our equipment kind of reserved uh, as quickly as we can, you know, ahead of time so that we don't have to have a five-year wait time. Um, Partly, it's about being able to deploy temporary solutions that can grow as the fleet is growing as well. So, you know, a a fleet today, maybe you don't have any EVs or maybe you have just two or three or four. Um, And that is uh, a, an easier problem to solve from an electricity perspective quickly. And you can actually do that um, with uh, what I guess I would sort of called more temporary chargers that can be there while the, the full capacity of the site is being built out and a utility upgrade is being constructed and stuff. So,
1: yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I think this idea of mobile charging is definitely uh, one of these things we're seeing more and more mobile charging uh, uh, opportunities come up. I, I remember Trillium was early. But now we've got, you know, um, uh, Lightning Motors is doing it. You've got um, uh, XOS doing it. A lot of these folks uh, have these mobile chargers. Let me ask you, and we only have about a minute to go here. uh, Let me ask you for your take on on on-site power. That is, you know, uh, extra battery power to sort of cut down on the needs from the grid and things like that. Um, Is that part of the plan or what you're doing?
0: That, that can be part of the plan, for sure. Um, you know, being able to charge a battery when it actually is cheaper and then discharge it to the vehicles when they need it. You know, so they don't have to disrupt their operations. That's, that's definitely part of it. And that's one way to get started more quickly on a site. Um, you can also bring in mobile charging, as you're suggesting. Um, there is a variety of folks offering battery-integrated chargers uh, as well, which is, in a way, sort of the same thing as having a battery, but it's just the battery and the charger kind of in one package. Um, so those are some of those solutions that we think about, and you know what matters most is working with the customer to, to understand their needs, understand how their fleet operates, and then tailor our solution to their needs so that everything can get up and running as quickly as possible, and the site can grow with them as their fleet electrifies.
1: All right, well, Sam, listen, this is terrific. Thanks that we could spend more time, but we don't have it. Um, great to have you here on the uh, Enterprise Suite Summit, and uh, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Alan. It's been a pleasure.